This episode of the Italian Wine Podcast is brought to you by the new book, Sangiovese, Lambrusco, and Other Vine Stories. Researchers Attilio Scienza and Serena Mazio explore the origin and ancestry of European grape varieties in a tale of migration, conquest, exploration, and cross-cultural exchange. Hardback available on Amazon in Europe, Kindle version available worldwide. Find out more at italianwinebook.com. Italian Wine Podcast. Chin Chin with Italian Wine People. Hello, this is the Italian Wine Podcast with me, Monty Walden. My guest today is Ondine de la Felt. No, exactly. I said it wrong. Ondine de la Feld. De la Feld. Okay, let's start again. Hello, this is the Italian Wine Podcast. My name is Monty Walden. My guest today is Ondine de la Feld. Ondine is going to tell us about the Tenuta di Tavignano, which is a wine estate in the Le Marche region of Italy. Welcome. Hello, welcome to everybody. We've got to start with um, your name, which is a cracker of a name. I hope I pronounced it properly. What is the What are the family ins and outs at Tavignano? All right, so it's a winery uh, staying in the Marche area. Uh, but uh, the origin of the family comes from many areas of Europe. Um, we are talking about northern uh, Northern Europe with uh, Imeric, the name of my uncle, and then northern France with Dorafeld, the name of my father. And uh, my father have English, I uh, have for Na- Naples. The Imeric family have from Sardinia, but coming from Spain and with these northern origins. So we are, my name is Ondine de la Feld, Imeric. So it's very, very special because we are coming from whole Europe. So really a real European winery. Exactly. Yeah, don't ever vote for Brexit. No, we've got to stay off that subject. So um, how big is the estate? The estate is around uh, nearly 300 hectares. Of land? Of land. But the winery, it's uh, around 31 hectares. We have uh, primarily a local um, uh, cepage. Great varieties. Uh, varieties. Uh, that is primarily... Verdicchio de Castellesi, so Verdicchio is our best effort we put on an, our winery and production. Then we have Sangiovese and Montepulciano for the uh, DOC called Rosso Piceno. We have some Cabernet Sauvignon that will help some, f- some quality of our wine. And Passerina, that is a local variety. It's a white wine grape? Yeah, from the market. Okay, so... Um, your, and what's the name of the village that you're in or the town? We are the, the village, uh, the municipality is called uh, um, Cingoli. At the Roman time, it was called Cingolus because all the area uh, of Verdicchio de Casigliesi and most of the Marche were under the, the, the Roman Empire. So we can go back to many, many uh, um, architectural uh, vestige coming from the Roman time. And we, we used to be, our winery used to be a fattoria, a Roman factoria, and uh, with overviewing all the area. So fattoria is a sort of a mixed farm, yeah? Yeah, fattoria was the Roman time, the, 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 the farm, 
where all, at the Roman time they say that wine was already produced in that area. Okay. So there was all an area of cultivation and agriculture of goods that would be taken to Rome, to the capital. Okay, so Cinguli is a very special place in uh, Limarque. Yeah. And it's called, what's its nickname? It's in Macerata it's, province. Uh, Macerata province and it's called Le Terrazze delle Marche. So the balcony of Limarque. Ba- exactly. Why? Because from the top of Cingoli, you really see from the mountains, the Apennine, to the to the sea, and it's really like to be on a, on a stage on top of the the market, on top of the world. And this is important in terms of terroir because you, as you say, you got you can see towards the sea, you get the sea influence, but also you get cold night air from the Apennine, from the exactly. Apennine you have this movement from the air coming from the sea that is more uh, temperated and the, the the temperature of the mountains and so there is a, a, a go and forward of the of the wind that uh, help the the market area and the Castelli di Iesi area to be organic yeah it's one of the um, hot spots for organic wine growing in Italy okay let's go through the uh, your wine range a lot of people forget that Verdicchio is a great grape variety for sparkling wine you make a you make a sparkling wine, don't you? We make two sparkling wines. Oh, okay, go on. We have a um, Metodo Classico, that is a Champenois method. Okay, traditional method champagne style. Exactly. Made uh, with? With Verdicchio. Mm-hmm. And then we have a funny little uh, product that is called the Naughty Boy in, in Italian is Il Pestifero. Okay. That is our, let's say, our uh, Pe- game. Petillon Naturel. Yeah, it's Petillon Naturel is to have some fun because we are very traditional winery, uh, very respectful of uh, ethical uh, uh, attitude and for the land, but we like to have fun. So we have created three little monsters. We call them the little monsters. And uh, we play with them. It's like a bit Mercedes with uh, Smart. And we are, uh, let's say, Tavignano, it's very serious. And our smart side is the three monsters. And we is uh, re-fermented on the bottle. Okay, so it's... um it basically ferments in the tank and then it goes into a bottle and that's it. And it with, gets with some sugar in yeah. it yeah. and uh, the sugar will start fermented and we have the pétillon uh, starting from the bubbles Lightly starting bubbly. from that. Does yeah. it have a little bit of a sediment? Yes. Yeah. Okay, it so does. that's a pétillon natural. So what do you drink that with? Uh, with As an aperitif on its own? Aperitif is nice, yeah. uh, but actually it's nice with a, a fried food. Um, fried fish? Yeah, fried fish, fish and chips. Okay. And uh, any kind of cheese. And, yeah. So now you mentioned the, the great variety called Pecorino. Tell me yeah. about Pecorino. Okay, Pecorino is a variety very well known around the world. I think it's for the, for the sound of the name. Uh, what does Pecorino mean in English? Pecorino uh, in English means cheese. Uh, so the Pecorino cheese. Yeah. Or maybe the animal too, because it was the first grape to be mature and to be eaten by the animals that used to cross the mountains. The so, sheep, yeah. Exactly. Okay. So, and what would you... So that's, that wine is bottled quite early, it's not oaked? Yeah, exactly. So, so what do you drink yeah, that with? What, what uh, Marchigiano dish would you go with, would go with that? Uh, let's say more fish, fish dishes and mussels and... Uh, yeah. Okay. You also make... Um, you're doing a skin contact white wine, like an orange wine, is that right? Exactly. The orange wine is part of the monsters. Okay. Okay. Um, it's called La Vergine. 
Vergine uh, because uh, it's uh, virgin because it's less manipulated than a normal traditional wine. So we we like it to call La Vergine because it's pure. How how many days on skins normally? Around between fifteen to one month, depend okay. on the years. Okay. Uh, on the on on the vintage, uh, because. So what uh, difference would there be if you if I said to you? Um, this year was seven days and another year was 30 days. What would have been the difference in the, in the weather during that season to make those decisions and during winemaking? Because when it's very hot and uh, has been very sunny, the skin gets darker. And uh, sometimes when it's too dark uh, and, and the skin has taken a, a lot of sun, maybe the, 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 the taste is too strong. And uh, too bitter, mm-hmm. okay. and so we like it to have it a bit more uh, gen- uh, gentile, gentile, um, gentile, yeah, kinder to the your palate. Yes. Okay, there we go. Um, let's talk about Verdicchio. Why is it such a special grape variety? Verdicchio, I think, is very special because um, it's uh, uh, it's very um, a lot. It has a lot of uh, minerality. It's very elegant. And it's not very strong on the on the flavor. Um, it's subtle, isn't it? Yeah. So people, let, let's say that people would understand more wines that have more flavor, more fruity smell. Like, like Sauvignon or something, you're saying. Exactly. Yeah. There are people are more attracted than that. The Verdicchio is like a very intelligent woman, not being just uh, flashy and beautiful, but more sophisticated. It takes more time to to uh, to uh, to have a, um, a fashion in front of a, a, a big uh, st- uh, stage yeah audience? a big stage okay. a big audience is sophisticated and is is well known um, in front of let's say the wine writers would say that is one of the best wines in Italy yeah one of the best wine but, wines for sure yeah. yeah but it's not flashy yeah so. Uh, in it's not like a Sauvignon. Ha- in 100 yeah. people, maybe you, we would we will have uh, 40 that will um, have time to uh, to to add, to study and to really understand a Verdicchio. Yeah, it's so, not it's not a grape that's polarizing like Sauvignon Blanc is very po- exactly. polarizing. People love it or hate it, whereas Verdicchio exactly. is sort of in the middle. But I'm telling you that is a special wine because of the taste and because of the quality. But it has a very cheap price. Okay. okay. So how could we you mean you good put value? Together? So if if you can find Verdicchio for a very low price, so you are you are spending low to have a very good wine, but people don't understand that. Mm-hmm. Uh, low price means uh, a, a popular wine. So there is a problem with the price and the wine. That's why we are not. Uh, the Verdicchio has some difficulties because the price is for a popular wine that is not popular. So we should, in the Verdicchio area, where uh, all the producers are trying to understand and to and to go together in a clan and study what we can do because we need to uh, to make understand to the audience that is a special wine it's that a premium needs, wine that's, that yeah. needs the special price. Mm-hmm. So why do you call your so your entry level? If I can call it that, uh, your biggest production, Verdicchio, is called Villa Torre. Yeah. What does that mean, Villa Torre? Villa Torre, it's because it's uh, the, 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 f- the uh, Verdicchio de Castelliesi is Castelli di Iesi. We have many castles. And one of the castles, the old castle, was Stavignano. 
um, uh, Castello di Tavignano, and we have on top of our winery uh, a tower. Okay. So it's called uh, the House of the Tower. The uh, Torre is a tower. Yeah. Mm. Okay. okay, so when we're talking about the um, Castelli di Iesi, the idea that you had, I can't remember how, it's 23 villages, isn't it, that were sort of fortified towns? 25. Under Frederick II, Holy exactly. Roman Emperor. Okay, now you do... Because also, two castles are on the Macerata area. In, okay. So, Apiro and uh, Cingoli. All okay. the other ones are on the, on the area of Ancona. Okay, Ancona's on the coast. You also make a Verdicchio di Castelli di Iesi Classico Superiore called Misco. Why is it called Misco? Misco, our, the, the river uh, um, that passed on the edge of the estate is called Musone. And on the Roman time, the Musone was called Miscus because most of the rivers of the area could allow the navigation. Because I was telling that on the Roman time, it was used as a production of agriculture. So all the goods would pass from the, 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 the estates to the boats going to the sea and yep. then to Rome. To the Adriatic. Okay. Um, and the Muzone was called Misco. The, is a, is a, the Misco is a single vineyard wine and is the best parcel we have. And we have dedicated the name Misco to this parcel that is on the edge of the river. And all the rivers of the Marche, they are perpendicular mm -hmm. of, um, from the sea and the mountains. So they are like tunnels, uh, beds, where the, the, the wind from the sea will go all, uh, all till uh, the mountains. Yes, yeah, so it's and good for drainage as well, edge, isn't it? Yeah, and being on the edge of, of the riverbed, it means that the Misco receives all the wind from the sea and is quite pleasant for the minerality of the wine, for the, um, uh, the salty side of the wine that make it very electric and very alive. Mm -hmm. So you're on calcareous clay soil, aren't you? Yeah, okay. it's half calcarea and half argile. Okay, so the clay gives a bit of body in the calcarea. Yeah, it depends on the, the when, on the top is more calcarea. When it go down, the slot on the bottom is more argile. So and we have a, a difference between the two. That, so each parcel of our our, our winery is vinifi the vinification is separate. Yeah. So we can control the acidity, the freshness of the of our wines every vintage because now with the wet changing of the weather, we always need to do nice uh, blends of the parcels, mm -hmm. uh, except from the Misco that will have only his own blend because it's, it's the best we can have anyway for the, because it's half on the bottom of with the argile and on the top with the calcar and with the exposition, uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's always gave, gave us the best wine that has been awarded many times by, by Gambaro Rosso and media awards in Italy. So essentially you also make a reserva under the winery name Tenuti di Tavignano. And what's interesting about your reserva is you don't oak age it, is that correct? Exactly. So why do you do that or don't do that? Okay, because the Verdicchio has a very uh, special characteristic. After two years aging, it will change taste and it will go much deeper on one and uh, almond yeah. and anise. Um, uh, licorice. Exactly. So this change of, of, of uh, characteristic on the taste is uh, it's similar of the one you have with the oak. So we really believe that with the oak, you, lo you lose a bit of this uh, 
quality of the verdicto. So yes. we keep it the most authentic as possible. Yes, yeah, so that's very sensible. It means that you're not wasting money on something that you don't need. Exactly. On. Okay, so let's move on to uh, the reds. You mentioned that you had some red varieties. You've got Montepulciano and Sangiovese. You make a red called Cervidoni. What's what's the name? Cervidoni is a, is a locality just next to our uh, estate. Okay. So it's, it's just to give a name of, uh, of the area where we are. And it's a Rosso Piceno. Rosso Piceno is very interesting because the name is not really well known, Rosso Piceno and Piceno, but, but the Piceno um, civilization was before the Roman time, it was a very sophisticated civilization bringing the, the, the writing in, the, in, in, uh, in Italy before many other civilizations all around Europe. But still, when you say Rosso Piceno, it's been a bit forgotten. It's, uh, it's a Montepulciano and Sangiovese. It's a, it's a blend, really a win- winner, winner blend. Why? Um, because it has uh, uh, the, the strong part of the, Rosso, of, of the Montepulciano uh, that is uh, very powerful, and it has a bit of softness from the Sangiovese. And because coming from the market area is a marine wine with a lot of uh, um, influence from the from the sea, um, I think the blend is it's really special, really really pleasant. And um, again, that's unoaked as well, isn't it? You, yeah. let, you let the fruit speak. Yeah, okay. uh, we use oak on on the on the on the reds. Okay, so you, what about? That's the Cervidoni. I thought that was unknown, but you do also the Libenter. The Libenter, it means in, in Latin, welcome. It's another Rosso Piceno. Yeah, it's another Rosso Piceno, but it has a bit of uh, Cabernet Sauvignon. So mainly Montepulciano, then a, about 25% Sangiovese and a little sprinkling of exactly. Cabernet Sauvignon. Okay. Okay, to have a bit more international blend. As you know, we, we are not international. We really put uh, the characteristic of our winery even if the family is uh, uh, Euro-defined, uh, 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 we, like, we like to be local. We really believe that the future is to be as local as possible. Okay. And finally, you make a wine called Lacrima di Moro d'Alba, which is a DOC, and it's called Barbarossa. And it's from a grape called Lacrima, which is quite idiosyncratic. Tell us about Lacrima. Okay, the Lacrima, we are in our estate, we are not allowed to, um, we produce Lacrima, but we are not allowed to bottle it in the estate using the Lacrima because Lacrima needs to come from the Lacrima di Mordalba territory. So we are, uh, we have a, a friend uh, that produce the lacrima, and we do um, we do um, a joint venture. So we follow the production with 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 this friend, and we do a lacrima that is produced in the lacrima di Morodalba, uh, because um, it's it's a closed territory. Mm-hmm. That whatever I mean, you need to 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 bottle it in the lacrima, yeah. the Morodalba area. And uh, we like to have it because when we travel around the world with Tavignano, it's nice to offer with our Verdicchio uh, the most important varieties of uh, our winery. So we do a, a, a lacrima that is only fresh and stainless steel. What are the uh, typical flavors of lacrima? Uh, it's like cherry, cherry and and uh, red the ones little, or dark the ones? little uh, strawberries from the uh, woods okay wild strawberries 
Yeah. See, the great varieties, uh, Lacrima, was faced extinction, I think, in the mid-1980s. I think there were just five hectares left in Italy. Yeah, exactly. And now it's, um, it is always going to be a niche wine, I think, but it's nice to see that it's... Um, still being taken care of by, it's um, very, the, the by some is, producers. Yeah, the lacrima is very, very special because it's sweet on the nose and... Uh, uh, how how Savoury yeah. to drink. Savory what do you drink, drink what, when you drink it? What do you eat? What's the favourite dish? We love in the market area to, to, drink, to, to pair it with uh, charcuterie. We'll get right back to the Italian Wine Podcast after a quick reminder that this episode is made possible by the book Sangiovese, Lambrusco, and Other Vine Stories, available on Amazon in Europe and Kindle Worldwide. And what's yeah. your what's your famous um, salami? What's it called? Um, the famous salami is called... Uh, now you're asking me... Your, fam- your famous sort of pasta dish is Vinci's Grassi. Vinci's Grassi. So okay. what's, what's that? The Vinci's Grassi is like a lasagna. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's cooked with uh, many kind of uh, uh, meat, mm-hmm. uh, especially pork meat. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and the salami is called chauscolo. Chauscolo, yeah, yeah that's good right there. Exactly. My, my, <laughs> we were in the market like a couple of weeks ago with my son. He, he's about, how was it? He's 12. He loves chauscolo. Uh, yeah. And Vinci's Scolassi. Yeah, exactly. And, so and, he and, said, I'm not going to, Dad, I'm not going to come with you. So I had to go and do a wine tasting. So I'm not going to come unless you, you let me eat those two. Okay, so fine. you did the trip of the market yeah, with, 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 with your son? Market, yeah. Ah, the how old is he? Uh, he's 11 going on 35. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. So he will be a wine drinker. Yeah, I, he, he, I let him I, um, put a fi- he can put a finger in a glass of my wine and he can taste the wine on his finger and he has to give me three flavors. Or- in Italy, I mean, in my family, most of the Italian families that produce wine, uh, when they're, they, they try wine since they are like 13 mm-hmm. you know they have a little drop just to understand yeah. and there is when we drink a wine we always serve a little bit to the, to my children we have three and they have to say why they like it why they don't like it and if they need they need to recognize the uh, the grape variety and it's always a, a moment together to yeah, talk about it you're gonna have um you know masters of wine children i hope you know so um so I want to say thanks to my guests, to Ondine de la Feld. No, Ondine de la Feld. Exactly. Thank Contra you, Monty. Yes. And, um, you know, I'm a big fan of the market. And um, the way you, where you're saying, it's a stunning, stunning, stunning area. Stunning area. I wait for you in the winery. Yeah. We have a guest house. Yeah. So it's always beautiful to come and stay some days. Yeah. It, it really it really is sort of like a hidden. At least three days. Hi- hidden part of, of, of Italy. It's like, because um, you, you're so quick to drive through that area. As soon as you get off the beaten track, it's like its own little world, isn't it? Yeah, because... Do you ever, do you ever feel really isolated there? Were you we happy feel, with that? We feel isolated. We're not happy with that. But uh, we know that because we've been isolated, everything is like a little tre- treasure when we discover it or when we take our guests to go around. So it makes it more more special than maybe to go in our areas that are much more well-known. And, okay, to visit the beautiful town has been all over the networks and uh, in in the market is not like that if if you would come and and go and visit Cingoli Cingoli you will I, I I bet you never saw it in any pictures yeah it's it hasn't been spoiled at all at all and it used to be very very rich because Ancona was a free duty-free a free arbor. Port. yeah and all the families that would develop around Ancona would would become really rich because they would ar- have the goods arriving and then distributing to 
all Europe uh, becoming very rich and they would develop their own house and their own palazzo in all the towns. So all the towns you will see around uh, the market, they would, li- they would be like little Venice or little uh, treasure of the, of the Rinascimento, uh, of the Renaissance. And you, would, you couldn't believe that such uh, treasure are hidden like that in a world that or whatever it's consumed today, you really wonder why it didn't happen to uh, to uh, to market. You know, you, the world today is eat and throw, mm-hmm. eat and throw. You know, fast food, and in the market it didn't happen, and it's a bit of a mystery. But uh, yeah, it was far, far. But it's good for us, maybe. Yeah. It was much. The market was much. Didn't you know the sort of move to really heavy industrialization of agriculture that took place at the end of the 60s and early 1970s elsewhere in Italy. It really didn't happen in the Marche because of various reasons, because of history and land ownership, etc. And it's in statistically, Marche is also very well placed in terms of organic farming in general and organic wine growing in particular. And um, I would know. like to add. Yeah, go on. Fine. fine. Uh, what is well known about the Verdicchio is that the Verdicchio can age. So we are talking about something similar to the Chablis. Why I'm saying Chablis? Not because the not because of the organo- organolytic cat- characteristic of the Chardonnay, but because of the land of the Chablis that has uh, so much minerality that uh, al- and and, and uh, that allows the wines to age, and uh, and uh, the aging capacity of the market comes from the land, but comes from the genome of the verdicchio too, that uh, can age very, very well. So we have verdicchios of 10 years that still... Or 20 years, yeah. Yeah, of yeah. 20 years. So now the, the trend of the producers that is uh, very uh, encor- encouraging is to start aging wines, even if uh, the price of verdicchio is still low, even if it's very expensive to age wines. We, uh, there is a lot of passion and the young producers and the producers are doing a lot of effort to, to, to have a, an area of the winery for the aging of the wine. So I think in, in a few years, it will be something that will, uh, will be very well known about the area to be organic and to have uh, aging, uh, aging wines in the, in the wineries to, be some ver- to do some vertical mm-hmm. uh, tasting. Uh, so I think it will be... Yeah, yeah it's, a fl- it's a very flexible variety. It's still dry white wine as an aperitivo and also wine that can age. And what you're saying is absolutely right. That um, That's a side of Verdicchio that many of us, even in the wine trade, never see. And also for Pasito wines and sparkling wines. So um, uh, very well placed and definitely undervalued for historic reasons. But I think it's um, in context, and particularly again in the Marque, your style of farming is a very coherent way of adding to the potential longevity and complexity of this particular grape variety and your farming in general is very very coherent I'm lucky I travel all over the place I'm not just saying that for a laugh because you're sitting next to me but I was there a couple of weeks ago doing a presentation on organics and it's really joined up and um, it's definitely got a certain mentality a way of thinking and also that spirit of cooperation which you don't always find in some regions I'm not going to name any of them Um, but it's good to see the producers getting together with different varieties um, and really trying to add value to their region, not in a horribly naked commercial sense, but because no, they well, value. We, they, they we value, don't care yeah. about. We don't care about the commercial side. Uh, that is maybe our our problem. 
But somehow what is important is that our wine is the best and sometimes we do a lot of effort uh, spending a lot of um, a lot of energy uh, energy to do a, a fantastic wine that maybe on the market uh, we, we sell at, at a price that cannot pay what the effort we put in it but we don't care what we care is that someone trying it will say it's fantastic you know and uh, that is our payback okay and on that note I want to say thanks to my guest today, Ondine de la Feld from Tenuta di Tavignano in Cingoli in the Marche region of Italy. Nice to talk to you. And um, I promise when I drive through that area again, I will stop and say hi. Okay. All right. Thank you, Monty. Thanks for, thanks for coming in. Thank you. Great. It's really nice. Goodbye to everybody. Great stuff. Thank you. Listen to all of our pods on SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, Himalaya FM and on ItalianWinePodcast.com. Don't forget to send your tweets to at Podcast. <laughs>